Hello and welcome. My name is R.C. Diedrich, and you're listening to You're All Set, the radio show about navigating the chaos of the world together. Today's episode, Stifle Distress. You're All Set is sponsored by All Set. Community, everything, all the time. Download All Set in the app or Google Play Store to join a community of forward-looking thinkers looking to make the world a more efficient and effective place. Offer what you have, get what you need. That's what All Set is all about. And now, back to the show. Today, we'll be covering topics like how people's day-to-day lives have been shaken up, how this shakeup is affecting the inhabitants of our world, and how we can all decrease our stress and make the most of these unprecedented times. The focus of today's episode your mental health and well-being. We'll be speaking with social media influencer and public health advocate Ace Dolagosa on how she's taking on the world alongside the rest of us. But before that, here's what you need to know if you didn't already know. Whether you're in Alabama or Alaska, the coronavirus has likely had some impact on your life. Whether it's caused you to lose your job or is simply clogging up your Twitter feed, the coronavirus is here. Previously on You're All Set, we've looked closely at some specific sectors of our world that are undergoing some drastic changes amidst the coronavirus, and there's plenty more of that to come. But today, we step back to talk about you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, these times are wacky and stressful. Let's see what we can do about that. With that, I'd like to welcome Ace Dolagosa to the show. Hi, happy to be here. Great. Um, Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm an influencer, writer networking connector, business owner, and advocate for mental health awareness and positive social change. Okay, how did you first um, become an influencer and how did um, you get into the world of uh, public public interaction? Ah, That's a fun question. So I was actually in finance at a talent agency trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Luckily, I had the time and I started playing with my Instagram account. Totally new, just needed to learn something new. And I started modeling with the photography communities in Los Angeles, um, started making some amazing art, and I'll attribute that to the photographers. They did a great job. And then from there, I started running my own ads, and I didn't know that I was. Oh, interesting. How did that work? You just accidentally put some some funds behind it? or Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so the Instagram, Instagram has a feature. It's like the promo, um, like part of it. That's when you, that's how you can run ads. So if you have a business account or a creator account, essentially you can promote your shot or your content um, and you can target specific audiences, target specific, um, let's say interest groups from Facebook as well. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So at first I was like, what does this do? And it started, you know, it started reaching outside of my network. I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's interesting. Let me see what happens if I tailor the audience in a different way. So I actually targeted, um, and this sounds weird, but I targeted, uh, people who have um, trauma, like who are who are uh, coping with trauma, because uh, I am a suicide survivor from an early age. So I knew what helped me get my mindset out of not wanting to live to wanting to live. And that was quotes. That was um, mesmerizing artistic ability. That was um, anything that could invoke feeling. So what I did was I targeted philanthropic interest groups on Instagram for people that have uh, been been a victim of rape or um, LGBTQ harassment or um, being a suicide survivor. And what uh, I essentially did was I targeted that audience 
understood that that was my audience. And then my, my shots went viral. Um, one of my shots went from like, this is when I only had like 20 followers. It had, oh, yeah, okay. it, it had 131,000 impressions, um, with an engagement rate of like, I got 5,000 likes and this is organic. This was like right before all the bots started showing up. This was like, oh, okay, yeah, this gotcha. is when Instagram started having the promo feature. Okay. So you were right off the bat kind of hit it, hit it off. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, what being a connector is? I think that some of the people at home might be interested in that. And how have you used, um, your position as a connector to um, help some of the people that you were talking about um, that you target in your Instagram. Okay, yeah. Um, so I am not only like an influencer and not only did I know how to do Instagram, but my background, I was an NBC page in New York City. That's a, that's a, that's a very interesting network and we'll get into that. I was an NBC page. I worked at um, two media studios and I also worked at a talent agency as a, um, as like a business development junior exec or executive. So I learned all these different languages from different industries. Like marketing has a different language than public relations. Um, Digital marketing has a different language than being a producer in film. So what I've learned is I've learned how to utilize all the different types of languages so that I can connect people to what they, to, um, to the business that they're trying to get up and running. It's being like a networker. So a lot of people don't put value to that name for whatever reason, but it's a huge it's hard to be a good networker. One of my good friends, Armand Barati, he is the Huffington Post's uh, top networker for Los Angeles. He creates events and then brings people to the events, then bridges the communication, like meet somebody new, you know, like pushes the social interaction. And from there, that's when you start meeting people, knowing what they do, knowing what they're passionate about. And once you understand that, you can bridge them or connect them to somebody who has a similar field or an aligned field so that they can grow together because everybody needs resources. You can't just do everything by yourself or else you'll go mad. Like that is the idea of collaboration. And in that idea, it's like finding the people that are good at what they do, what they're passionate about and connecting them to the people who can do that with them with a really good idea. I see. So you serve as a source for both sides to kind of meet people that they need to to become productive. Yeah. I was invited to a few events like the Apex Gala in 2019. That was a great networking event. I mean, the tickets are like $1,800. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But you're also in like the, the reason for the fee is to make sure that you're serious about the commitment. Like these are high venture capitalist investors with um, politicians and media mm. all in one big room in Washington, D.C., where uh, this year it was um, Nancy Pelosi came to speak. Oh, OK. Wow. So you've got big names in there. I guess you mentioned you're all in one big room. Let's talk a little bit about how um, the coronavirus and the quarantine has changed that. I take it that they're not convening in large rooms. How has the uh, coronavirus and quarantine and the lack of social um, face-to-face interaction changed your world, um, being an influencer, being a social connector, and being involved in public health? A lot has changed. So those events, you can't meet in person anymore. Instead, there's Zoom meetings. Because these there's still Zoom like networking events that are going on. Um, it's helping me connect quicker, actually. Quicker than before? Yeah, quicker than before. Like, oh, wow. Because the barrier isn't there. I feel like when you meet somebody in person, you have subtle nuances of like, do I reach out? Do I get their card? No, this is like, here's all their Instagram info in one chat. Reach out to them afterwards. Mm. And it's pretty pretty simple. Like I had a I had a bonfire. Stack and Growth, by the way, is a great networking community. 
um, by the way, for professionals. I was in one of their networking events yesterday. It was like a bonfire. And I spoke to somebody who is an economics buff this morning. His name is Benjamin Anderson. He is a founder of a new company called Narrative Agency. Narrative Agency is a content strategy marketing agency. So he understands how to create all the pitch materials that you need for a company, say like a press release or a deck or whatnot. And he knows how to tailor all of that content and uh, tailor it for the executive that you need to speak to. So like a CIO. He knows the language of the CIO in order for, uh, and he knows how to tailor all of that documentation so they can understand it. Okay, so you're seeing more of an upside in this whole thing. But after um, this quarantine shuts down, do you think that you'll continue to use Zoom meetings um, to make these connections as a as a connection? I think so. Because a lot of people, like my lifestyle didn't really change when COVID hit. It's kind of like, how do I put this? I think people are going to start noticing that working from home is actually easier sometimes than um I still believe it's still easier because you're not going to be distracted. There's no politics you have to play. You don't have to go to a place where you feel like you're being constantly watched. You can actually focus on what you need to do. I feel like we're even going to enter a new lifestyle later because some people are getting very used to working at home. Yeah. And so you think that might continue even after this coronavirus has kind of tamped down a little bit? You think that we might still be using Zoom like years down the road? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, interesting. I think that the the counter side to that is that some people say that these online meetings um, like just lack the human connection, lack the feel of shaking somebody's hand. Do you do you see that being an issue at all? I see your point there. So it depends on who you're asking. Now, which age group are you talking to? The boomers? Are you talking to the millennials? Are you talking to Gen Z? Mm, yeah, good point. Right. If you're depending on which technology base you grew up with that's going to have a different answer. Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit about your personal experience with the uh, coronavirus. Um, how You're in Los Angeles, which is one of the higher infected areas. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience and how you've been handling it? What has worked for you? What has not worked for you? My experience with it is, let's start about six weeks ago. So my car was towed, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And then my parents got sick mm-hmm. from COVID-19 in New York. Yeah. And my mom's a nurse, too. Mm, okay, I see. Yeah, she was working in New York City. She got COVID. My parents got COVID. Um, and then my best friends, like guys that I grew up with, they got COVID-19, too. One of them, you know, he smokes and has asthma. So he ended up going to the ER. Um, he texted me from afar, like, hey, I, I was at the ER and, like, two people died. In Jeez. Was he in New York? He was in New York, yeah. He, okay, gotcha. yeah, he in Queens. And then my other best friend, he, I don't know if you know this, but there's, like, makeshift morgues because of the death rate there um, mm, no no i have not heard about that he lives across from one of them and he sees like trucks drive in pick up dead bodies and leave hmm. it's insane um it's almost like a it's kind of like a war zone over there but what what made it even more nerve-wracking is like my family is over in new york and i'm in los angeles and i can't fly to that yeah that's a good point you don't have that even really that option yeah at all Man, yeah, it's not available. At the same time, it's like, oh my heaven, I they need to like that, that's kind of debilitating when you know your closest family is about to die. Yeah, definitely. When it's that serious, it does come down to that. Luckily, I I chant, so that's been helping me a lot. Like chanting Namya Harenge Kyo has been helping me so much. Um, okay. 
Can you tell me about that? Like, how does how does that look for you? Is that a, a daily uh, routine that you have? Oh yeah, yeah. Usually, um, usually I'll do an hour a day. When I was like, when my family was in um, high alert in my mind, um, I was like one, two, almost three hours a day sometimes, and just doing as much as I can to uh, to help people kind of like ease their minds, constantly being on the phone, making sure that they're not in despair either so that they can keep moving. Because the biggest factor about this all is like your immune system dips once you're stressed. So you have to keep your immune system up as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So what happened was not only did they get sick, I started feeling sick and that got me nervous because I'm, I'm staying with my boyfriend right now and I don't want to infect him either. Mm-hmm. That's an, so, so like feeling like you're a hazard too makes things really nerve wracking. On top of that, my car was like racking up. <laughs> um, like, yeah, right. So all of that, all at once, it's it, it was intense. But you know, taking the first step forward to be responsible and owning what you can control. So like making sure that I got tested, so I knew that I'll have the clarity um, that I'm not infecting people. I tested negative, luckily. Yep. Um, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Lots of prayers, and my parents are good. My parents are alive. Um, my mom actually went back to work. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, good. We're glad to hear that for sure. Thank you. They're, they're understaffed in New York. They needed her. Mm. Um, she's recovered and she's back. My dad is fine. My best friends are fine. Their families are fine. Everyone's recovered. And I'm like, oh, bless. So what about the car? Is it still racking up debt? Oh no, I got it back yesterday or two days ago. I think. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing. So local corruption is huge. When things like this, uh, like big pandemics happen, uh, certain things go under the radar. When I bought my car, I got a specific security, like a security uh, adjunct, because I know how how bad parking tickets and towing companies okay. and like how bad those situations can be. I had my car towed seven times in one year. Oh, wow. Jeez. And are you parking in places you're not supposed to be parking in? or Street parking. Street parking. Um, one of them, yes, it was street cleaning at the time. And that's why my car was towed. Um, and then I also like neglected my registration, but that's for people that don't know on this show, street cleaning is something that people in California do to clean the streets because they don't have to plow snow for like the people here in the Midwest. We pay for snow plowing instead. So what was this uh, security package that you had? Oh, so the security package, essentially they had a, um, they have a third party vendor come in and negotiate with the um, with the towing companies, and also let's say if it's like the state of uh, it's like the city, they'll come in and like represent you essentially to get your car back. It's a paid service; you have to pay for them. But like, I was like, yeah, we need that. I'd rather have that versus pay. Yeah, like, the endless amount that they might rack up on you. Exactly. Also knowing that. Like they can get people in vulnerable situations. Right, right. Well, then that's so that turned out good for you. It's good that you had that thing. Yeah. So, uh, you've been, have you been quarantining? When you got sick, you have. It's just been you and your boyfriend in your house. Has it? And obviously, like, I guess you got to get groceries. But have you been um, quarantining besides that, or have you been out of the house? Um, we've walked. <laughs> we've walked around the block because gotcha, you, you yeah. need vitamin D. Longboarding is fine because. You're, you, there is a distance between you and anybody who wants to get out of your yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and I think too, people have to get outside and get fresh air and, and see the light of day for sure. So I think it's good that people are getting out. Um, you, I know that you have some um, expertise on the area of mental health. 
Do you know what the health um, or mental health implications are of um, quarantining and being alone? And I specifically ask this in concern of older people who are maybe in a nursing home or maybe in uh, situations where they just can't go out to go see other people because they're afraid of this. Are there mental health implications of this? And how can these mental health implications be taken on if they exist? Yeah, this is this is a very good question. Um, so to give a little background, Time Magazine mentioned, I think I believe in an article in 2017, that, mo- that there was a high death rate of millennials because um, of this uh, epidemic. It's a mental epidemic called despair. So there was loneliness, um, signs of isolation, um, drug abuse, etc. Because people, you know, they, they didn't feel like they were connecting with others. Mm. Yeah. So understanding that, I'm going to apply the same principles to what you should do now. So I actually created like a mini questionnaire on a website. So I didn't think anybody would see it, but like it's how I'm going through my day. Um, it's really important that you like know yourself to a point where you can do your favorite activity for about an hour. That's going to alleviate some stress. It's going to feel like you're yourself and you can control your environment. What is that for you? Your, your activity for an hour? Uh, for me, it's well, reading or video games. Okay. Um, (laughs) Some time to just de-stress for yourself. Yeah, yeah, something to wind down. Like I have this Dragon Veil account that I've had for ten years. <laughs> no comments. It's on my phone. Um, I've got that too. I've got that too. I've been there. Thank you. Yeah, but that that'll help you. Um, another thing is like patience, understanding that this will end. Like it's not like a bleak sight. Like we're gonna be in this forever. Choose hope at the end of the tunnel. You'll be okay. Another big thing is like being grateful or listing three things that are you're grateful for. So that you don't feel like everything is against you. Understand that you can control your day. Understand you control your schedule. A lot of people I know right now, I heard that there there were like 13 million jobs that were just, you know, people were furloughed or whatnot. But like they, they were just lost yesterday. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. So that's a lot of people not doing anything and a lot of people being stuck in their homes without anything to do. That's going to drive you crazy, right? Right. You so you go through and and do follow a, a a structure throughout your entire day. Is that how? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's a format. Like so, on the link, I kind of like show it. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I'll link it below, or I'll link it um so people can check it out and that are listening for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of like reminding you of who you are, and then understanding how you should plan accordingly, and also remind remembering what day it is. If you don't remember what day it is, everything's going to blur. Hmm. Okay, right? interesting. So you focus on like day of the week, you're saying like it's Monday, it's Tuesday, mm-hmm. yeah. going through it all. Yeah, because I mean, I personally have lost count of what day it is. Um, but yeah, that's it keeps you sane to stay on that seven seven day cycle. Yeah. And another thing is a big thing millennials don't do, get a clock. A clock. Okay, <laughs> interesting. It actually, yeah, because like it alleviates a mind like, because we're always nervous about what time is it? What time is it? If you have a clock, you never have to worry about it. You can just look Check at it, it out. and that will leave you. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Do you have any other advice to um, alleviating stress, um, perhaps through your structure, but um, what else like helps to keep you grounded, to keep you sane through this time? So I heard this from an agent at CAA. Her name is uh, Tao Nguyen. She has a really, really good health hack and it's, There's three things you got to do a day. One, do something creative for yourself. Create something. 
to learn something new. It's very important to learn something new and feel like you can do it. Because if we're not learning something new, we're not growing. And if we're not growing, essentially, we're going to feel like we're dying. So there's a bunch of programs out there. Learn something. Third thing, have fun. Like, don't like be diligent in your schedule. Do what you got to do. But like, if you're not having fun with something, you're, you're going to feel like you're falling apart. I think what's really important too is like, if there's an obstacle in your way, tackle it. Understand what's important first. Like, don't get me wrong. Like my, my fa- I couldn't do anything with my family, but the one thing I could do was like pray for them <laughs> from afar. And that actually proved pretty good results. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, whatever works. Um, as that worked out, like having a spiritual practice, my, my seventh grade teacher told me this once, your belief system will either keep you from life or death at the very end of it all. If you have a strong belief system, that will save you. Nobody else will. Hmm. That's interesting. Your seventh grade teacher was dropping some wisdom on you. Yeah, I don't think she knew I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, little did she know it's stuck in your brain. Yeah, yeah, she saved my life with that one. But it's important because like, if we don't have our own reason why we should keep living, we're not going to keep living. That's a good point. With that, I offer this um, to the last people on, or the last question to everybody on the show. Um, is there anything to, for the people at home, the general audience, uh, you know, and, and it's really hard. I think people are isolated and it's easy to say, I think it's easy for me to say to the people at home, you know, like have this structure in your day, keep a positive mentality. And then once we, you know, put our phones down, a lot of times, at least me personally, sometimes I'll just be like, oh man, like I'm off it. Now I got to get motivated to get going again. Um, is there anything you offer to the people at home that are just struggling through this kind of um, wacky time that could help them um, just once again, like through the mentality of the whole thing? So I struggle with depression, right? What I've learned is that the first 15 minutes of your day, whatever you're listening to, will set you up for the rest of the day. So if you, and YouTube has this, if you look up motivational videos, there's some incredible motivational mm-hmm. videos. Listen to that for 10 minutes in the beginning, and it'll pick you up before you could even fall down. That's important. For me, I love learning about leadership. So I have an entire book of like great speeches from like Obama to like Socrates um, of like motivational and ethically sound speeches that I'll read every so often. Um, that Tumblr that I provided has a bunch of positivity. Like okay. <laughs> if you look into the archives, all of that is just positive content that I've archived since 2008. Another thing also, my Instagram stories, I specifically choose and promote brands that shift us out of a negative space to a positive space. So feel free to keep watching those. Um, I'm going to be relaunching my brand in summer. Okay. What does that look like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah, it's it's completely so I'm shifting from just being an Instagram like model and artist and whatnot, shifting into thought leadership. So taking all the philosophies that I've learned and bundling it into a way that I can give it to people so that they can understand how to work their day out like this again or like the that you know, the tips and the advice for your best mental health care and for a more positive outlook on Awesome. That. So you wanna be like a source for help kind of. Yeah. I think I've always been, but I did it in a way because you know Mental health was a stigma when I started my Instagram. Yeah. What I essentially did was I was doing it, uh, you know, to battle like political and weird constraints. Did it in such a way where people didn't know that I was helping them, and that's all I wanted to do. Mm, okay, and so now you're just looking to expand on that as you reshape your brand uh, in this coming summer. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been super informative to have this perspective and we hope to have you on the show again in the future. Yeah, definitely. Happy to help. Thank you. With that, I'd like to jump over to our quick quote. American philosopher and psychologist William James writes, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. I think this is an excellent point, especially now. So much of what happens in this world is out of our control. Focusing on the things that you have power over allows you to not only decrease your stress, but increase your focus and productivity. Choose positive thoughts. Your All Set is sponsored by All Set. Community, everything, all the time. Download All Set in the app or Google Play Store to join a community of forward-looking thinkers looking to make the world a more efficient and effective place. Offer what you have, get what you need. That's what All Set is all about. And now, back to the show. We spoke with Ace Dolagosa, who, among many other things, is a wonderful resource for maintaining a positive mentality in the face of stress and chaos. We discussed how the coronavirus has shaken up her life, along with the people around her, how she's taking it on, and how you can do the same. So much of this world is out of our control, but like William James points out, our choice of thought is where our power lies. Though it is easier said than done, attempt to implement structure into your quarantine lifestyle and choose positive thoughts. I would also suggest that you check out the page that Ace set up, which essentially walks you through scheduling your routine to meet your needs and accomplish your dreams. You can access the link in the description of this episode. I hope you'll join us next week as we talk with 420 Yoga Instructor Liz McDonald in Part 2 of Stifle the Stress. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you take away some valuable information from today's episode. If you have questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out using the message feature on the Anchor FM site. My name is R.C. Dietrich, and this has been Your All Set, a radio show about navigating the chaos of the world together. Until next time, peace.